Welcome to the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Here is your geeky hosts, Adam and Matt. You guys, welcome to Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. We need a podcast where we talk about spooky movies and no one pees their pants. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> well, that's because we we drink too, Adam. Yes, but your your daughter does pee her pants. But she doesn't talk about the spooky movie. That's true. Yeah, not yet, at least. <laughs> <laughs> She's... She's only a year old, Adam. <laughs> that is true. Right now, it, it, the, I think the <laughs> she's scariest still thing in she's diapers. yeah. I think that right now the scariest thing she saw was Jafar. <laughs> oh. But he's, he gets a little handsy, so I don't blame her. He, he is a little <laughs> creepy. Um. <laughs> well, with that being said, guys, my name's Matt. I'm Adam. Um, you hopefully you know us by now. If not, this is our podcast. Um, you know, please follow us and like us, subscribe to us on all the major podcast platforms. That have a drink with some geeks. You can also follow us on social media at ha- uh, Geek Drink Pod. At Geek Drink Pod. Yeah, leave us a comment, write a review, tell us what you like and don't like from all of our episodes, including this week's episode, week four of Spooktober 2022. Well, we're recording this in October. I know this comes out on the very first day of November, which yes. I think it counts if you have a sugar hangover from your candy. Yeah, that's probably probably true. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about, um, one last movie to close out Spooktober 2022. But before that, Adam, let's talk about our drink of the week. It's time for those boys to have a drink. Let's hear about their drink of the week. Take it away, geeks. Yeah, so um, uh, Matt, you provided us with some uh, from the Simply, which normally they make just uh, juices. Yeah. Um, but it's a Simply Spiked Strawberry Lemonade. Um, this is the first time I've had this one, so I am looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, so cheers. cheers, brother. That is delightful. Well, I figured, I mean, it's about time they made it alcoholic because I already make their juices alcoholic when I buy them. Uh, that's true. I, I, I like their, uh, their like, pineapple orange juice one. is pretty good. Their raspberry lemonade is really good, and yeah. I just... We're not sponsored make... by them, but if <laughs> they yet. want to sponsor us, like, please, like, send us stuff. And... You can send us stuff. We will t- <laughs> give you ideas on how to booze up more of your drinks. Yes. Go for it. <laughs> your raspberry lemonade makes great margaritas. Yep. No, With that being said, Adam... Um, Time for our topic of the week. What are we going to talk about this week? Yes, um, so I guess this is my pick um, to close out Spooktober um, with the 1987 masterpiece from Clive Barker, Hellraiser. Masterpiece? I, I would say so. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, I will I will save my hot takes for where we can argue that the franchise as a whole is not a masterpiece. I think this this being the first movie in the series, it came off like it was fantastic to me. And um, I remember seeing this movie when I was uh, about like twelve years old, um, and I probably shouldn't have seen it then. But this was a <laughs> So, Clyde Barker based this movie off of his uh, 1987 novella, The Hellbound Heart. 
So let me let me before we we talk about this real quick. I want to make sure everyone knows we're talking about the 1987 Hellraiser, not the 2022 that came out on Peacock. I I may touch upon or, it, or Hulu. Hulu. Okay. Yeah, I may touch upon that. I did watch it, um, but I, I may touch upon that maybe in later. But uh, but we're yeah we're definitely going to talk about the uh, 1987 um, film. But yeah, so based off his um, novella uh, called The Hellbound Heart. Um, Clyde Barker kind of decided to direct after a lot of his other works were not adapted to his liking, like Rawhead Rex. <laughs> but um, so he decided, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Hellraiser is uh, about um, a man by the name of Frank who... Is very hedonistic, very domineering, gets a puzzle box from a man in Morocco and uh, solves the puzzle box. And the puzzle box leads him to pleasures and pains unknown. You know, every time you say the word hedon- hedonistic, Adam, I, I don't think of what it actually means. I think of hedonism bot from Futurama. <laughs> That's true. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Frank is like pretty much at the wanting to experience everything in life. Um, and, uh, this is kind of the way to do it. Um, unwilling, unknowingly opens this box, which leads him to encounter beings from sort of a different dimension. Um, they say that they're explorers on the further reaches of experience um yeah the the what the, the angels to some demons yeah, to others they're called what's uh cenobites cenobites yeah. yeah um and so pretty much frank gets ripped apart um by a bunch of chains enjoys his like has whatever happened to him but i guess a few bits of him left are left behind oh serious trying to well, serious trying to chime in yes uh, <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, so Frank gets ripped apart in this house. Um, but I guess a bit of him still remains. And then um, Frank's brother Larry and his wife Julia um, move into the house. Um, and uh, they have a daughter by the name of Christy, who's the stepdaughter of, of Julia. Okay. Um, but uh, while they were moving in... Um, Larry, the brother, cuts his hand and blood gets spilled in the attic. Which I remember that part. Awakens Frank. And then he has to claim blood from others. Yeah, others to, to, to regenerate his body. Yes. A la the mummy. Exactly. Pre mummy. Yeah, but in a much more violent fashion. Oh, yeah. Um, but. Uh, the uh, Frank and Julia actually had a had an affair, um, mm-hmm. and so Frank, when he starts to regenerate, kind of yeah, Julia's helping him find find yeah, sacrifices. Yeah, like she'll like seduce men and bring them back to the house, and then and her daughter hit him over the head yeah. with a hammer, and then Christy catches it, and yeah, but uh, I mean, really, this the, the thing I loved about this is kind of the lore of the. The sort of Hellraiser world. Um, yeah. 
So it's like you have these um, these things called uh, Cenobites. Um, yeah, the demons slash angels, whatever. Yeah. However people like, like to refer to them from, from the alternate dimension. Yeah, and um, they, they kind of reside in a place called Labyrinth. Uh, which is ruled over by this ultimate, like, kind of god called... David Bowie? <laughs> I know, right? It's, uh, there's <laughs> Wrong labyrinth. Al- yeah, there's an ultimate god called, like, Leviathan. Um, and their ability to get to our plane of existence is through this puzzle box they call mm-hmm. it the uh, Lament Configuration. Um, but uh, I, I really... Uh, Loved the fact that, I mean, it kind of feels very Lovecraftian. I know I've mentioned this a lot in previous uh, episodes, because um, Lovecraft's one of my favorite um, horror authors. But it's kind of this malevolent, like, unseen horror that pops up a lot, um, I think is really cool. Um, but well, it, it's very much a, very much a, um, it's the third movie we've talked about in the 80s, and and I think 80s horror movies always kind of had that Lovecraftian feel to it. Yes. And I mean, I and I picked this one specifically. Um, I was trying to go for more like practical effects yeah. movies because, again, like we've mentioned multiple times before, we all love the practical effects. And this one actually had a budget of only a million dollars. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. Only a million dollars to make this movie. And it wow. has amazing creature effects. And amazing lighting everything about it was just fantastic and then granted a million dollars in 1987 money is probably very different yeah. from a million dollars now but um but i really enjoyed it but um i think in this film especially and we'll i we won't get into some of the uh subsequent films because they kind of I feel after the second one, they kind of lost their way a bit. And, <laughs> and I, I don't know what... They lost their way a bit. And I, I don't that's the understatement of the day. Yeah, I mean, no uh, Clive Barker's uh, feelings on them, but I know this was uh, the one that he directed. And so I was, I figured, let's talk about this one. But um, I feel like uh, kind of the humans are almost the real monsters, if you will. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, even, except for maybe Chrissy. No, yeah, she she is innocent in this, but um, but definitely it's like Frank and Julia, I think are m- more evil, if you will, than oh, yeah. the Cenobites. I mean, and and spoiler alert, I think Frank's pretty pretty effed up that he kills his brother and then wears his skin. That is true. He does that. He uh, he definitely uh, does that and tries to trick Christy into thinking um, it's her dad. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, but no, I, I almost think, like, if you try and look at, like, from a, st- a standpoint of a horror movie, it's like Julia and Frank do horrible things. The Cenobites just... They're there. They're, they are. Yeah. It's like, they yeah, they'll do horrible things because that's their nature. But they're... Not inherently made evil. Yeah, they, I think they just are... It's part of their nature to be... These yeah. entities that kind of, what is it? Uh, yeah, the explorers of the, uh, of the further the pleasure. Yeah, yeah, and then it's like, we have such sights to show you. You know, and I, I, I'll, I'll chime in here, Adam. I think one of the things I liked about this movie is, unlike the past three movies we've covered, it's not really a A-list celebrity cast. It's not someone, not these people who, 
who started off their careers um, with this movie. It was kind of just, um, I, I wouldn't call them no-name people, but people who, to to today's audience, are pretty unknown. Yeah, I mean, it's, I definitely think uh, it's like Clive Barker is probably the the biggest name attached to it. Yeah. Um, I know the, uh, but it's, they definitely, uh, um, it's definitely not the biggest production. No, no. Um, I think uh, uh, Claire Higgins, um, who plays Julia, went on to have a pretty decent career. Like, you've yeah. seen her in a few other things. And, and if you're a Trekkie like me, Andrew Robinson, who played Larry, is a pretty big name on there for me. Yeah. Um, and, he is a pretty big uh, character actor in, in, DS, in Deep Space Nine. Yeah. And then uh, from the Cenobites, I mean, Doug Bradley uh, went on to be kind of a horror movie, like, big name, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Like, people knew who he was. So, But, yeah, I mean, this isn't a A-list cast where we have, like, in last week's episode, Signs of Mel Gibson and, and Joaquin Phoenix, or or in The Thing, where we have Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um Keith David. Keith David. <laughs> and not Gremlins with Howie Mandel and, and Corey Feldman. Yes. So, Phoebe you know, Cates. Phoebe we Cates. We can't, we can never forget about Phoebe I was going to let you touch that one. <laughs> I, I, that's, that's gonna, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, but, you know, I, I think I appreciate that because, and you see it a lot more in, in older horror movies and sci-fi movies that you're not going to have these A-list casts, these huge celebrities. You might get some people who started their careers there and they've moved on to bigger things. I wouldn't say brighter things, but bigger things like, um, you know, in the horror movie Leprechaun, you've got Jennifer Aniston making her, her mm-hmm. big debut. Um, so you've got some of these people who make careers after this, but you generally, especially in, in the 80s and 70s, even the early 90s horror movies, it's a lot of unknown stars or unknown people to to the popular to the general population. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just getting kind of being able to work on some of these maybe smaller productions can definitely get you some exposure. Um, oh yeah, and especially with this film where it it definitely leaves its mark on you. Um, oh yeah, in a lot of ways, it's not a uh, this is not an easy film to watch. For horror fans, yeah, um, because it's very uh, sadomasochistic, very sexual, very you can kind of get under your skin. Not no <laughs> funny, but like it gets it gets to you. Skin blanket, yeah, it gets very very creepy very fast. Um, yeah, and that's another thing I really love about this film is the the lore behind it like you can definitely tell like clive um barker really made this like this whole universe and he's thought about everything and um it uh yeah and then in further adaptations of the uh of hellraiser it definitely yeah all may have lost 11 movies yes uh i mean really like personally i i i saw the first one I saw the second one. The second one pretty much plays very similar to the first one in terms. It's I know I've seen the second one, but it's been years. Yeah, it's pretty much it's the same thing, but Julia is the one. But they definitely go into what they go into labyrinth. They go into yeah, Levi- like they go into the Leviathan um, lore a little more. Um, I did see the newest one that premiered on Hulu recently. Um, 
liked it. It was definitely creepy, but definitely had some moments where kind of felt just more like kids running around like a haunted house almost trying to get away That's from That's a shame because, I mean, I know it's supposed to be a reboot, but from what I heard, it wasn't loosely based at all on the first movie. No, it's it has nothing to do with the first film um, at all. Like, it's pretty much a girl uh, finds the box and... Um, yeah. It, <laughs> and things go downhill. Yeah, and it's kind of... It just was a little bizarre for me, but I... Uh, I, I liked it. I mean, it was fine. It yeah. All right. Well, didn't like blow me away, but <laughs> um, I definitely think I would say it's a little closer to what Clive Barker's kind of vision mm-hmm. of the story would be rather than having like in, in some of the sequels, like it had Cenobites like that had CDs like coming out of their head and they'd throw the CDs to kill people. And, and again, like I, I feel like the Cenobites were more just they are. <laughs> okay. Not, they're this, like, they're not Jason or yeah. Michael Myers, like, chasing after you with a machete. They just, they are who they are. They're, they're there, yeah. They're, like, kind of, they they are evil, you could say, but that's just their nature. Okay. <laughs> it's like they're not going to, but I felt like in the... <clears throat> previous or in some of the iterations they definitely tried to make like the head Cenobite. Um I know Clyde Barker doesn't like calling uh him Pinhead, but it's like the, the I think he was credited as like lead Cenobite or mm-hmm. the priest or Yeah, and everyone everyone refers to him as Pinhead. It's, yeah, it's, just it, and it's just how he looks, but I know it's like it like he was never a um I never felt like he was, like, a slasher. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> but he um, definitely had a cool look to him. Yeah. Very unique. And, yeah. and, and you know, that's kind of the nice thing about, you know, this time of, of the 80s with with uh, Hellraiser, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You've got uh, the Halloween movies. It, it, the, the pinhead is not that slasher going to walk around and, and hide in the attic and creep behind you and kill you kind of character that you see a lot of in horror movies. It's yeah. kind of a a very depart, very big departure from what we expect for horror movies. Yeah, and I always liked how Doug Bradley played uh, the lead Cenobite. Is he felt more like calculated, more cold, more precise. Hmm. And... That was scarier to me, and in the new one, um, because they have a, a new, uh, a new actress playing, um, the priest, yeah. the yeah. Cenobite, the Pinhead, if you will, um, and I feel like she does a great job of doing that sort of the cold, calculated precision thing, where it's like, yes, yeah, she's she's the one who's leading, yeah, and it's, it's not like she's not panicking or doing anything outrageous no, or she's angry. not running down the hill chasing him with her with her machete yeah, or her chainsaw she's not angry she just is doing what she's supposed to job. do yep <laughs> um and i i read in a in an interview um leading up to this podcast about uh david bradley talking about uh, doug, bradley. doug bradley sorry yeah. talking about being pinhead and his cold calculating kind of just i'm just doing my job i'm gonna be really good at it yeah. um he kind of viewed, especially with the character design, he kind of viewed himself as a mannequin, observing what's going on in the world and, and having these moments of, okay, 
Yeah. My turn. I got to take care of this real quick. Yeah. And it's definitely, you feel that. And oh, yeah. I think that almost, to me personally, is more scary than like Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers. It, yeah, I think I mean, the only I think the only thing that similarity wise that Michael Myers you could say has the pinhead is because Michael Myers wears that mask. It's very that emotionless yeah, like stare yeah. with pinhead that he has, you know. Yeah. Um Jason doesn't have that, you know. He's, yeah, he's Jason's a, like the Friday the thirteenth films definitely had a little bit more like anger. Yeah, he was more of a, he was just a murderer because it's fun. Yeah, it, he wasn't this cold, calculating kind of character. It, things kind of felt like a little bit more like I'm doing this, but whereas like I feel like with this one, it's with Hellraiser, they started exploring that like sadomasochist like sort of sexual yeah. side of things and. Um, from what I understand, Clive's kind of into that sort of thing. He's a leather daddy. Um, I do. I don't know, <laughs> but I guess he's into uh, he's into some stuff. Um, but uh, I mean, he definitely uh, I think was the only man that really could bring this to yeah to light um, or like to life on screen um, for the first one. Um, and like I said, the second one isn't bad. You get a little bit more lore. But... What about the fifth one, Adam? Let <laughs> me get it started. Well, I think we'll get it started with with hot takes. Hot takes. What are they going to say this week? Let's, uh, how about you, you start yeah. off with some hot takes because I know you, you had something. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, and, and, and I, 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 like I just kind of alluded to with saying the fifth movie, I think the issue I have with Hellraiser, not the movie, but the series, is unlike the Halloween movies, which got a little pretentious, a little overdone. Thankfully, I think this is the last one that came out this year, hopefully. Yeah, Knock on wood. It's supposed to be Halloween ends. <laughs> <laughs> Next series, November 1st. Yes. Um, no, I, I think the series is because of how many movies they made that were so subpar and so just out there with with some of the sadomachism, uh, some of the the plot lines. I think it was a franchise killer almost because <clears throat> when people think of Hellraiser, yeah, the first movie, you've got the new one, but a lot of people think of it as a joke franchise because they've had 11 movies and you get into these you know, three, four, five, six, where it's just like, what, another one of these? Yeah, well, I forget which, like, one of them was uh, directed, the director took credit as Alan Smithy, which, if you don't know, um, the Alan Smithy um, directorial name is actually a name that directors will go by if they don't want to actually have credit for the film. <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, I forget. I, I think it might have been Hellraiser Inferno is, <laughs> is that one. But um, but they, they've definitely done, like, everything from, like, Hellraiser in space. Hellraiser. Yeah. So it got really far off track. It didn't. Um, and for me, that was kind of my hot take was I, I've seen the first couple ones. I rewatched the first one in, in preparation for this. 
But it's just like for me when you first picked it, I was like that series. Yeah. And I, I had to remember the first one was the good one, and then two was okay. And from then on, it was just like they just made these because they didn't have anything better to do yesterday. True. Um. I and I guess like yeah, I'll 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 give you that. I mean, I liked one, two, and this newest one. <laughs> That's well, about it. <laughs> Well, and um, the newest one, you know, one of the writers is pretty famous. Oh, it's uh, um, Goyer, right? Goyer, yeah. Yeah, he did uh, the Batman movies, or like the Christian Bale Batman yeah. ones. And he he's, did he's Blade. A frequent, frequent, yeah, he did the Blade. He's a frequent partner of, um, oh, what's his name? Who did Batman? Nolan? Nolan, yeah. Christopher Nolan, yeah. So, I mean, it, the new one definitely feels, like I said, and uh, and I guess this is kind of goes into my hot take. Like the new one feels closer to his uh, to Clive's like vision. I feel of the of the world, and you definitely get the lore. But it does at one point kind of become kind of kids running around in like a haunted house. Um, but I mean, still amazing creature effects, amazing performances from these actors and actresses. Um, great lighting and that that kind of carries through to the first film as well as like the the way they lit everything made it very foreboding um so i i definitely say like yeah check out the check out the new one and i think there might be something uh coming out on hbo soon yeah they talked about a series they want to do a series for it which i would be kind of interesting how they would do a series with that yeah i mean they definitely expand upon like the lament configuration, kind of how that okay. worked in this newest one, and I don't want to spoil anything because it is so new. Um, but uh, they kind of they expand upon how that works out um, okay. and how you summon these. You know, and I, I kind of hope with the series that it's more of a, and I know it's it's interesting to think about it from this point of view. I want more of a world building, like how do the Cenobites come? To be well, they kind of explain a little bit of. They it. do, but I like to, I like I'm, it's one of those like prequel series that I kind of want because I want the backstory. Well, in the in the second one, you find out like Doug Bradley's character was uh, like in the British Army in like mm-hmm, World War One, and he solves the Lament configuration, and then through yeah this sort of torture and um pleasure, pain, that sort of thing, he became the head priest of of Labyrinth and of and for Leviathan. And so I definitely think they kinda um they'll they talk a little bit about it. Um and one of the things I guess is kinda weird I, I didn't I guess I didn't like in the newest one is that they uh <laughs> they were able to kill Cenobites. And I'm like Wait, what? <laughs> I, I mean, I'll have to check out the new one. I'd... Yeah, they they kill off uh, whatever chatterbox one okay. with the teeth. That's yeah. Like, gar, gar, gar. Um, and I was just like, that's not great. <laughs> I thought they they just were kind of they were these entities that were otherworldly, and you couldn't kill them, you couldn't stop them, you couldn't do anything to prevent yourself from being taken away. It's just you have to give in, and then. Because even, like, Christy, like, she, at the end of the first film, like, the only way she's able to get away from 
the Cenobites is to kind of banish them by using yeah, uh, doing the puzzle, puzzle in reverse, yeah. Um, and uh, but even then, it's like in the second film, it's like you're you're still not rid of them. Yeah. But, so uh, so here's my next hot take. Hot take, and I kind of want to want to get you. I want to pick your brain on this, Adam. Mm-hmm. I've been doing some research for this previously, and then kind of watching the movie again. How would you feel about the X-rated version if they were ever, ever to release a director's cut? You know, I mean, I, I'd i watch it. I mean... And, and for those of you folks who don't know, um, so Hellraiser was rated R. Um, it was supposed to be rated X. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be rated X. Um, but they had some some pretty... I mean, it was already pretty gory, but they had to kind of tone it down a little bit more yeah, to, there's to also a lot release of, it in rated R. Yeah, there's also a lot of... Uh, like there are some sex scenes in it, um, when like between Julia and Frank and <laughs> So I pulled it up for you, Adam. I'm not sure if you if you if you saw it there at the bottom of the page. Um <laughs> so there's that scene where where Frank and, and Julia are being or Julia's seducing Frank uh-huh. and she spanks him. Ooh. Or um um they're spanking in it, I should say. Mm-hmm. And I guess she was talking about how they had to cut it because the MPA is like two spanks, two two buttocks thrust is fine but three is obscene yeah that i mean you gotta think like 1987 it's probably not <laughs> it's true but i just i just like the, the fact that like you can spank them twice but three times it'd be too much three times is too much yeah. guys no but even like the uh like even those scenes were kind of intense and i mean i'm not really uh a big fan of the the domination stuff. Yeah, you know, like, you know, leather daddy. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> but it's like there's some there's some intense stuff still in this movie. Like, oh yeah, um, it, it it's a 25 year old movie, and it, some parts are still a little hard to watch. Oh yeah, and I mean it's it's definitely a hard rated R movie, um, with blood and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I guess like it, I. <laughs> It's funny to think that that was kind of where they drew the line, but because um, it, yeah, definitely does I, things that are. It'd be fun to see like a, a director's cut, like the stuff they couldn't use now. Yeah, well, you wonder if that stuff even exists. It probably doesn't. Case. It's film. They probably trashed it or got yeah, exploded. Who knows? It's like I know, like one of my another one of my favorite horror movies, uh, Event Horizon. <laughs> um, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, I'd recommend that. With my or jumping ahead to geek recommend of the week, I guess. But, um, but no, uh, I, I know that a lot of the footage for that, um, there was like a supposedly like an NC seventeen cut, but the footage was cut from the film, and then they lost it in like a fire. Huh. So you'll never see the the director's cut of that film. God, such a good movie. Yeah, that um, was really good. <laughs> well, we're going to enter ourselves. Mm-hmm. What else do you have for us about this movie, Adam? Oh, just, another, Any other hot takes? No, no more hot takes. It's just, uh, like, definitely, um, it's, a, it's a hard film to watch sometimes. Um, but I ultimately, I mean, I love the practical effects um, that they did for it, um, especially it being made for a million dollars. Oh yeah. Is I mean just the fact so what they impressive. what they were able to get away with with that limited budget. Yeah. Um they made it, a, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, they made a a brilliant film. And I think like I, I will say this, uh, I think Clive Barker is a uh, 
is kind of a genius. I mean, I think he he definitely creates these worlds and yeah, it might be hard to see sometimes, but I mean, I always appreciate a good backstory and a good like universe building universe yeah. building um because I think that makes it even creepier. Um so I definitely would uh would recommend checking it out and also check out like his uh check out his books. Um I know he wrote a fantasy book called like Abarak hmm. or something like that. And uh I've been trying to get around to reading that, but um but yeah, he he's definitely uh he's an artist. He's so, he so here's and... a hot take for you then. <laughs> Who is a better horror movie director? Carpenter or or Barker? Well, I, I if you go by just pure how many films have been directed, um I'd have to go with John Carpenter. Yeah, it's Carpenter at that point. Because he uh but artistically, who do you go with? It's hard cuz I mean I mean, it's not apples to apples. It's definitely... It, it, def- it definitely isn't. And I think, uh, I mean, Clive Barker did, like, Nightbreed, and which uh, which is kind of a horror film in its... in a way, but it's not very scary, but it, I kind of think of it more as a fantasy film, a dark fantasy, if you will. But... I would have to say, in terms of, like, it'd almost be like, if I were to say who's a better writer of stories... Definitely Clive Barker. Okay. Who's the better director? Obviously John Carpenter. Um, it's uh, it's just sort of like, it's kind of hard because I think, like, yeah, if, like John Carpenter really kind of creates movies that are very self-contained and um, you almost don't need the lore yeah. for it. But then Clive Barker makes all these world yeah yeah this whole like universe or this whole like could you world. could you imagine a clive barker story directed by carpenter um well like yeah i mean i could i mean and it's like it's almost like i'd i'd say it'd be closer to like in the mouth uh uh in the mouth of madness would be kind of pretty close because okay. uh i think that would kind of match up pretty good um like some sort of lovecraftian story um would probably match up really well between uh john carpenter and clive barker but okay um i know clive is uh he he kind of likes to have his own stuff and i know for a while like he didn't he didn't have the rights to hellraiser for the longest time. no i think it's probably why so many were made yeah and then he just recently with this new one is the first one he's been involved in and Probably yeah, over a decade or something like that, and so um, I'm just happy to have him back. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, he definitely like he 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 leaves his uh, his his uh, fingerprint on on things. <laughs> he, he can't. It's true. Uh, it's, I mean, he's got a very definitive style, and it's it's in like in John Carpenter's vein, and and M Night Shyamalan, and some of the directors we talked about, they've all got a very definitive style and you know it when you see it yeah absolutely it is definitely you 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 know <laughs> you know it's a clive barker film yeah and uh but yeah i i would uh i th- i'm just glad to have him back is <laughs> like him back doing creative stuff again um because yeah it's weird it's messed up it's awesome <laughs> yeah 
I it's like it's like a beautiful train wreck. Like you you just can't not watch some of the things that he puts out there. Um, whether that is like whether you're into that sort of sadomasochistic like seduction domination stuff or if you're into or not into that it's more like you you can't look away so i'll 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 i'll, I'll bring up a little personal story about sadomasochism and it's nothing like i'm not a leather daddy i i am not into into that kind of stuff um i think you're part of this this group chat i shared it with adam but someone on my on my personal instagram feed sent me a message asked me to be a sugar baby and they're gonna be my sugar daddy is that where you get paid yeah they pay me well that's nice i, I mean my <laughs> wife was trying to sign me up she was like where do i sign you away pay for pay for stuff for me that's yeah, great yeah I, I mean sponsor our podcast <laughs> that make you part of that sugar baby <laughs> i guess so <laughs> I started throwing it out there that someone someone was like, You look beautiful. Will you can I be your sugar daddy? And I was just like, uh, uh and my wife she was ready to sign me away. I'm like, yeah. bring in that bacon. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> so I tried to share that with you, Adam, and there the you group. go. Um so Adam, give me your, your last thoughts and your conclusions on, on yeah. Hellraiser. So I mean, it's a again, it's a the first film I think is a masterpiece. Um not only from a low-budget horror film uh, standpoint, but also, like, everything they did worked. Okay. From the creature effects to the lighting to the cinematography to the horror, everything fit really well. And Clive Barker created a franchise that was very interesting. Now... Did that franchise go in the direction that Clive wanted it to? Probably not, but hey, it's it's there anyway, and we have it. Yeah. Um, I definitely um for Spooktober, I wanted to try and get as many like good practical effect movies in for myself. Yeah. And this is definitely on my on my list of top horror films of okay. all time. So Okay. I mean, I'd say it's probably in my top ten as well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it in the top five for me. But in terms of in terms of horror movies, especially for for what it did with what it had, I think it is it's pretty high up there because you've got a lot of modern day horror movies and a lot of day any movies in general. They have multi million dollar budgets and mm-hmm. the special effects budget is through the roof. And you've got, excuse me, you've got a budget of a million dollars to 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 do this. I think part of what Clive Barker does well we discussed this earlier is he doesn't go out there and sign that a-list celebrity that's going to eat oh, up yeah. the budget he's going to he's going to bring in some some lower level but still fabulous actors just not people that household work. names yeah people <laughs> that work. work and i will throw that out there andrew robinson who played larry i mean if you are a star trek fan and you like ds9 he plays garrick he plays a very great cardassian taylor who Sometimes you think he's a good guy, sometimes you think he's a bad guy, and you don't know if he's gay or not, but that's okay because well, it, he plays also, it so well. Also in this film, like he you he plays a good guy and then yeah, then play a bad guy. <laughs> um so it's uh, him as an actor, I mean, it's nice to have these these actors who I'm not like, oh look, it's it's Brad Pitt in this movie, and I just yeah. can't that's all I can't 
buy into the character because I know how famous he is. Yes. So I think that's one thing Clive Barker and, and this movie does so well is that you have these actors who are who are not these A list celebrities and and they do a great job with what they have. And yeah. I, I kudos to them. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um I think the other part that is very um interesting about Clive Barker is, you know, this was his first big direct is this his direct world debut as a, as a movie. Much, yeah. In the movie industry. Um, and you know, sometimes you have these these artists who they're gonna make their film and they're gonna do it their way and it has to be hundred percent their way and it comes yeah. out like garbage. And and Clive Barker, it was well, very much his movie. He does what he wants to do. He was willing to change some things with the censors to make sure it got released. Yes, I I, I think it was more like he he definitely just wanted people to see it. Yeah, and. I mean, it made a ton of money. I think if I if I recall, like uh, made about fourteen million yeah. worldwide, and it was a very limited release. It wasn't yeah. this huge Star Wars spectacle where every theater in the world's playing it. Yeah. It's very uh, it's a very niche kind of independent movie theater kind of um, yeah. release. Yeah, but he, I mean, he he definitely has a product that or like a, a franchise that at the time brought people to the theater and so i was uh i'm like i'm excited to see what they do with the uh, this like hbo series that's coming out no. like the hulu movie was was decent i liked it um i i'm scrolling through our notes here adam do you see what the working title of the movie was called <laughs> sadomasochist from beyond the grave um, yeah, they, and I think there was another, um, I just saw that and I was like, I have to point yeah, that there, out. Yeah, there was another one that I think was a little, like, don't, don't take this weird, but it was just like, what a woman would do to get laid was one of the other t- working titles. Yeah. But, uh, it was, uh, it, I mean, <laughs> they, they ended up, uh, focusing on the title Hellraiser, which... Works. It works. It works a lot better than that. It's a lot better. Because let's be honest. If you're if you were 1987 and you're looking through at the time, remember we had to look through the through the newspaper to find show times for that day to to pick the movie you wanted to watch. Sato massive. You'd be like, well, kids, we are not going to that movie. <laughs> well, please don't take children to see this one. Well, obviously, we <laughs> you don't want to take kids to see Hellraiser either. But I mean, yes. if you see that title, you're like, yeah. well, I don't even think we should be in the theater that day because I don't oh, want to know. True. Yeah, well, and then another thing I, I guess I wanted to bring up is, like, uh, some of the ADR, so they kind of overdubbed um, some of the actors, because it was shot in the UK, um, but they overdubbed some stuff to make the actors sound American Yeah. <laughs> instead of... Well, especially in the 90s, I mean, ADR is a pretty common practice still, but yeah, 80s, 90s, ADR was a lot more used because of just sound quality yeah well and like sometimes it's cheaper to just shoot a film without sound yeah and then adr it like afterwards yeah. I and mean, i'm a big fan of the kind of silly b movies and they love using adr in that even though it doesn't work enough <laughs> the time no. but that almost makes it funnier but um but yeah no they definitely uh the adr was um interesting uh for it but uh but yeah, I really like, I just love this film. It's kind of, it's creepy. It's one of the kind of horrors that it's otherworldly. It's beyond us. It's not something we can comprehend or or 
change or do anything about it so it's very lovecraftian in that sense it's like it's like we're we are ants (laughs) to 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 them and they there's nothing that we can do about what's going to (laughs) happen so i find that to be the more powerful sense of horror um for me personally Yeah, yeah. but yeah so um well i think that kind of wraps up our 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 discussion on the hellraiser um Tune in for hopefully maybe a discussion later on about the second one. Maybe we'll save the sec- the newest one for not the second one, the newest one for Spooktober twenty twenty three. Yeah, maybe and maybe that they'll have the new series out on HBO and yeah. we can talk about it. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, recommend checking it out. All right, well, folks, that takes us to that time of the week again. Time to bring up our geek wreck of the week. Adam, what are you watching this week? Uh, so I actually just finished. Uh, this uh, show, I believe it was on Peacock or Paramount Plus. I can't remember, but it's called The Last Resort. Um, and it's, oh, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, so it's kind of about this couple that goes to this resort in Cancun. I want to say it's the. I want to say it's Paramount. Yeah, it might be. Um, but yeah, this couple goes on a vacation in Cancun, Mexico, and. Uh, while there kind of starts to discover this sort of creepy um, goings on. Um, and it's, uh, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's uh, a nice mystery, um, kind of splits timelines and uh, all that. So I really, uh, I really would recommend uh, checking that one out. Um, we'll see what, what's it on. Oh, I'm trying to find it real quick. I'm deep, deep, maybe. No, that's not it. No, um, but yeah, I think I saw it on Paramount. Yeah, um, but I really enjoyed that one. It was uh, who's in it? Um, you have uh, Nick Offerman. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, then you have the bunch of people you don't know, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, I mean, you know, um, um, it kind of makes it very, uh, still very interesting. Um, and they, uh, what was the, or the resort. The resort, sorry. So, um, so yeah. Uh, it's Peacock. Okay, Peacock. So, the resort on Peacock. Sorry. Please check that one out. It's uh, really good. Oh, um, oh, no, wrong person. Oh, yeah, that's that's her. Kristen Milioti. What's she been in? Um, she was the mother in How I Met Your Mother. Oh, um, I never got that far. Uh, <laughs> the last season, she was also in um, the Palm Springs movie with uh, what's the name of Saturday Night Live? Uh, and, and, uh, Andy Sandy Samberg. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, so yeah, okay, I, I I know of her. Yeah, so check out the resort. That's my my recommendation. I know it's been out, and maybe it'll get another season. I mean, I'd love to because it is kind of this supernaturally spooky thing and okay. I'd love to see more of it. It's not scary, but it's definitely a bit of a bit of a head twister. Okay. Awesome. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. What about you, Matt? What um, are you uh, geeking out on? So my uh I, and I'm sure a lot of people are watching it with me and hopefully they enjoy it. Um House of the Dragon, the the Game of Thrones prequel. Ah. Um it was a slow build the first Four or five episodes mm-hmm. um, were, I think this weekend's the finale of season one, and it's just gone full tilt. Like, all right, let's 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 go. Let's go Game of Thrones style. 
Which is fun because, I mean, I'm, we're gonna cover, we'll cover Game of Thrones at some point. I, I'm liking this series because, well, I don't know the story. I know it is a finished story already. Mm-hmm. So there's no room for interpretation going, well, let's creatively have it end this way like Game of Thrones did and people got pissed. It's definitely like, if you want to research it, you know exactly how it's going to end. And so it's... it. There is no room for deviation in this one. Okay, right. I'll have to. I, I never really got into Game of Thrones. I, I kept getting to the point where I'm like, oh, I really like this Ned Stark character. Oh, son of a bitch, he died. <laughs> then I'm like, okay, uh, the, I really like the whatever Jason Momoa, uh, uh, character, Droger, and yeah. then he dies. <laughs> son of a bitch. And then I was like, okay, Rob Stark. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't get into it. Um, too many, too many characters that I was like, "Oh, I'm getting behind this," and then they die <laughs> off, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm done." The character you hate the most never dies. Yeah, and some people get their comeuppance. Yeah, I mean, Joffrey, I guess, got his comeuppance. Joffrey, Littlefinger. Yeah, yeah they you know, there was some interview they were like with some celebrity. They were like, "I've never cheered so hard for a child to die," and <laughs> I did with Joffrey. <laughs> Oh, fun fact about the guy who played Joffrey, the, the kid. Mm-hmm. You know he's in Batman Begins. Yes. All right. He plays... Uh, oh, just that little kid. He's the... just, yeah, that little kid who gets, like, the periscope from him. Yeah. 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 All right, I didn't know if you knew that, but yeah. that's my fun fact of the day. All right, folks. Well, that does it for this episode and the finale of Spooktober 2022. Spooktober. So, if you guys liked all of our episodes or some of our episodes, let us know. Um, hopefully we get enough of you guys like it that we'll do Spooktober 2023. Yep. Well, we'll have four different movies and we'll talk about some spooky stuff. But, um, you know, give us a like. Let, let, let us know what you guys think about Spooktober or any of the other episodes we've covered so far. Um, this is episode 10. So we've done 10 ones. Ten. And the censors have not pulled us off of Apple yet. They have not. Um, yeah, they have not done that yet. Um <laughs> All right. Well, folks, that does it again for another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Like I said, follow us on all your podcast platforms. Like, subscribe, comment at Have a Drink with Some Geeks. Or follow us on social media at Have a Drink with Some uh, Geek Drink Pod. At Geek Drink Pod. Geek Drink Pod. All of our social media platforms. Um, and thanks again for listening, folks. We hope to listen. Uh, we hope to listen to you next week. We hope you guys catch us next week. Yes, definitely uh, catch us next week. <laughs> All right, have a good one, guys. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Tune in next week to see what our geeky host will discuss next week. Goodbye. <laughs>